This is Florida Matters. I'm Robin Sussingham. It's the end of an era at the University of South Florida. After 19 years as the president of USF, Judy Genshaft is stepping down. Today on Florida Matters, we're talking about the highs and lows of President Genshaft's long tenure. I want to say at the outset that Florida Matters and WUSF Public Media is based at the University of South Florida and receives support from USF, but is editorially independent. With me in the studio is Mark Schreiner, Assistant News Director at WUSF and longtime producer of University Beat. He's been reporting on the University of South Florida for many years. Hi, Mark. Hi, Robin. Thanks for having me. And Steve Newborn, WUSF Assistant News Director and Reporter. Steve attended USF as a student in the 80s, so he's seen a lot of changes to the university over the years. Hey, Steve. Glad to be here, Robin. Well, 19 years. That is an unusually long time for one person to remain a college president, isn't it? I mean, what's been her secret to her staying power, do you think, Mark? Well, I think the thing is, Robin, 19 years, uh, I think she passed John Allen as the longest tenured president of USF about five years ago. Uh, John Allen, the first president of the university. And what I think really worked well for President Genshaft is that she was always a cheerleader for the university. Uh, The joke that has been going around, particularly for the last year, but it was very noticeable, every speech she ever gives, and I mean, you probably wouldn't like, someone asks her, you know, paper or plastic, she probably says paper, and then she throws in a go bulls at the end. (laughs) You're making that uh, uh, The the bull logo, yes, which I'm I'm, I'm surprised one of her hands isn't, you know, permanently posed (laughs) in that. Stuck that way. But um, but she's, she's a huge, like I said, a huge cheerleader for the university, while at the same extent, a job like that, you need to be politically astute. Mm-hmm. You need to work with not just a board of trustees who you answer to, but you work well with city legislators and, of course, with the USF system. You're not just talking Tampa. You're talking St. Petersburg. You're talking Sarasota Manatee. Uh, you're talking uh, Polk County with uh, Lakeland and Polytechnic for a while there. And then state lawmakers because, of course, it's a state university. It gets funding from the state. And she was very much into uh, strengthening those relationships and keeping strong bonds with those uh, lawmakers and, and powers that be in the community. A huge constituency. It's a big university. Do you know how many people? It's actually, and that's the other thing that that is really being trumpeted now, is the idea of the growth that took place in the two decades under Genshaft. Uh, you know, enrollment growing by 40%. Oh, my um, gosh. Yeah, yeah. right now, I want to say I realized that. Yeah, that's the thing, is the, just the growth. Um, in terms of students, I want to say between the USF system, it's in the neighborhood of now 50,000 students on the three campuses of USF Tampa, St. Pete, and uh, Sarasota Manatee. Mm-hmm. And then another, you know, 30,000 staff and faculty. Mark, talk a little bit about her background. She was a professor, I guess she started out. Yeah, she actually uh, went to uh, University of Wisconsin-Madison, social work and psychology, and then she really focused in on um, school counseling when she got her uh, graduate and doctorate uh, at uh, Kent State University. And the, the focus there was how schools reached out to students. And you saw that more and more throughout her tenure with the Honors College. Back when she started in 2000, USF's Honors College wasn't even a college. It was an honors program at the time. Quickly, she wanted to set it up as a college, uh, brought in directors to run it as a college. And now the last 
probably like the last thing that she's going to be best known for is this $20 million gift to create an honors college that will bear her name. Uh, $20 million gift from her and uh, her husband, Stephen Greenbaum, uh, for this college that's going to expand to about 5,000 students. And at that ceremony in May, when she talked about the gift, one of the things she stressed was the idea that this was something that she has always been about from her education days, from her days in college, of focusing in on student achievement. Mm -hmm. All right. So you mentioned, Mark, that she came on board as president of University of South Florida in the year 2000. And Steve, um, she got kind of off to a rocky start. She became president in July of 2000. The next year, we had 9-11. And then soon after that, the administration suspended a professor by the name of Sammy Al-Aryan, and this was a national brouhaha, and you were were reporting on that at the time. Right. Uh, Sammy Al-Aryan was a professor. He started a group called WISE, the World in Islam Institute at USF. Al-Aryan came under investigation by an independent documentarian by the name of Steve Emerson, who basically accused Wise of being a front for a group called Palestinian Islamic Jihad, uh, which was later declared a terrorist group by the United States government. Mm-hmm. The month after 9-11, you got to remember, emotions were running really, really high. And al Arian went on the Bill O'Reilly show, The O'Reilly Factor, on Fox. And O'Reilly basically ambushed him. And people were phoning in death threats, bombing threats against USF. So Genshaft and the new University Board of Trustees, you got to remember the Board of Trustees had just been established, replacing the longtime Board of Regents here. And it was a group of basically business people mm-hmm. who were running the university. So just a lot of disruption at this time. A lot of disruption. They came to a, an agreement that they were going to fire him. They didn't actually do it at the time. And this created a firestorm of controversy from professors who believe that the university should be a beacon of academic freedom. This became a national, even international issue. And it really didn't come to a head until El Arian was indicted by the federal government uh, about a year later. And they things f- quieted down. Well, a lot of people who were defending him became silent at that right. point because it looked like, okay, they had reasons beside freedom of speech. They had reasons to suspend him. And, and you got to remember back then, the image of the university took a really big hit. I mean, we, we were being called Jihad U. Really, uh, nationally, we were getting getting to be embarrassing. A lot of bad yeah, a lot of bad press. So, Steve, you were reporting on this story of Al Aryan and the University of South Florida at the time. And we have some archival tape of Judy Ginshaft at the time. This university has been through a great deal. And it's, it's hurt the university, and it's been very difficult for us. And I believe that, that severing all ties of this misuse of our university is a very important step. This university is larger than this particular case. So she did. So she survived that. She went on. But then, uh, Mark, she did have some run-ins after that with faculty. Yeah. And again, you're going to have that, that, that push and pull at any university where uh, faculty and uh, administration bump heads, whether you're talking uh, pay issues or tenure or things like that. Uh, one of the big arguments at USF, which is a big argument in, in higher education in general right now, is the use of adjunct faculty, which are professors... Um, and instructors who don't get 
uh, tenure, don't get benefits in many cases, are poorly paid, are working basically part-time jobs as a full-time basis. So that has long been an argument. Anytime that uh, Genshaf's salary came up, uh, the idea that she was at one point in time the seventh highest paid public university president in the country um, as of 2016-17 academic year, uh, that argument always was, you know, what about the faculty? What about the adjuncts? How are you paying them? But again, it's an industry-wide issue right now. Um, recently, the university decided to consolidate all of its branch campuses, and this caused quite a bit of concern among people in St. Petersburg, especially where USF St. Petersburg is located. I'm going to uh, put the disclaimer on that of the university may have decided it. It may have been decided outside the university that USF was going to consolidate. There's a lot of speculation ah. on who really came up with this idea. Mm-hmm. Was it Representative Chris Sproles, a USF alum uh, based out of Palm Harbor? Was it President Genshaft herself? She has been quoted multiple times as saying that she had heard talk about consolidation being an idea, but she was surprised when the state legislature put it in a proposal. Uh, but again, you know, that th- there's never really been a definitive answer of whose idea it was, as far as I know. But the concern was for years, and this again predates President Genshaft, the idea of St. Petersburg and Sarasota Manatee wanting more autonomy, maybe even at some point separating and becoming their own colleges. Well, again, the state ne- necessarily was going to allow that, but the campuses ended up with a lot more autonomy. Under consolidation, some of that autonomy is going to be taken back. Uh, Some of that's going to end up in the hands of Tampa. What comes with consolidation, though, is more money for those regional campuses. And what a lot of university officials are praising is the idea that a student now can enroll at Sarasota Manatee, can enroll at St. Petersburg, and end up taking the same classes that they can take on the Tampa campus. So kind of keeping them as as strong branch campuses with their own identity, but at the same idea, making those programs cross borders across the three. I think one thing that is probably in the back of President Genshaf's mind in this whole thing was the... uh, the lesson of what happened to the USF Lakeland campus. USF uh, had a joint campus with Polk Community College for many years, and after they started bursting at the seams, literally, they USF wanted to build a branch campus. Uh, USF Polytechnic is what it was called. And somewhere along the line, a very powerful politician by the name of J.D. Alexander, who was Speaker of the House at the time, He's a very big landowner in Polk County as well. Uh, He decided that he wanted to make this a separate campus, and he used his considerable political will to basically cleave this off of the USF system, and it became Florida Polytechnic. It's now this beautiful building with... uh, 12th University, State University. Right, Mm -hmm. right, the the beautiful building that's right on I-4. But that had to be in the back of her mind, the lesson there of how to keep these branch campuses in Sarasota and St. Petersburg in the USF orbit. From breaking off. And I, I thought, you know, people who were involved in that very bitter fight uh, must have also been thinking, well, look what happened to the branch campuses after all. 
good thing we went ahead and became an independent university. That was one big fight that Judy Ginshaft ended up losing when uh, USF Lakeland, which became USF Polytechnic, it split. That was in 2012. That was that must have been quite a rough time. I, I'm, I'm not going to necessarily say that they lost because what ended up happening after you know, USF um, losing, yes, the Polytechnic campus, which I'm sure was a loss for the university. What happened then was the budget deal, the budget battle that immediately followed that in early 2012, uh, where J.D. Alexander basically is the guy who controlled the pen and controlled the money was going to say, you know what, USF, you fought me on this. I'm going to punish you. Mm -hmm. And he was looking at cutting funding for the university uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of $128 million. I mean, that is like taking a blowtorch to a university. That's almost a 50% budget cut at the time. And I remember there was a lot of talk about salaries being cut. So it was affecting people on a personal level. Yes, there was a lot of angst around here. There was. And again, that, that, that goes all the way from faculty down to how's it going to affect students. Classes were talking about being cut. And... You saw something similar when preeminence happened with the university, uh, preeminence being a metric. We're going to get into that. But yeah. just as an explanation, mm -hmm. uh, a metric system that the state sets up that allows for extra funding for schools that reach these levels. At a point in time when USF looked like it was going to attain preeminence and join Florida and Florida State, the goalposts got moved. And I had the opportunity to watch the Board of Trustees and President Genshift at that time rally the troops. And they did something similar with this budget battle back in 2012. And this is, again, that political animal, that political power that a president needs to use is to reach out to the community, to reach out to not just your board of trustees, but businesses around the community, to reach out to lawmakers in the community, to reach out to power brokers and say, we need a hand, we need your voice, and reach out to your alumni and your other constituency to say, call your representative, make your voice heard. And President Genshaft has been really good at doing that. Uh, and that's where you, uh, a, a, a strong president in terms of someone who can be that spokesperson for the university to get out in front of the cameras and say, hey, public, we need help. Help us out here. And people reacted. This is Florida Matters. I'm Robin Sessingham, and we're talking about University of South Florida President Judy Genshaft, who's retiring after 19 years. I'm here in the studio with WUSF Assistant News Directors Steve Newborn and Mark Schreiner. You probably also know Mark from the long-running University Beat, which has been covering USF people and events for... Ever. <laughs> <laughs> for many years. So, Mark, you recently interviewed President Ginshaft for University Beat about her retirement. Let's hear a portion of that conversation now. It's time to leave when you're on the top. I was reviewing all that had occurred during this year, but it was from the work from years before, from a billion-dollar campaign for a young university like ours to preeminence, which was phenomenal, to Phi Beta Kappa, to what we received from the American Council on Education, which was the Transformational Award. You mentioned a lot of the uh, successes. Are there other things that you feel maybe in terms of community presence that has been increased, the economic uh, engine that is USF that have been on that list of accomplishments for you as well? Absolutely. We have increased our effects 
in terms of uh, economic development and impact that we make, well over $4.4 billion every year. We know that the patents that we produce is one of the largest in Florida and in the United States as well. We know that the students setting up corporations and the faculty that set up corporations is huge every year. Starting the National Academy of Inventors was brilliant because this now attracts people from all over the world who didn't have a place to talk to one another about invention. What are the things that you wish you had accomplished or you would have liked to have done if you had another year or two? Well, there are always more accomplishments to achieve. It's like being on a ladder and you've hit a certain rung and you say, okay, now it's time for the next. But we've hit such a point that we're now in a new era. The competition that we have nationally is at a different level, so it means we have to work even harder. There are always new markers that we need to achieve, whether it's the American Research Library Association. We still are not in that, but we will be. This year we did get Phi Beta Kappa and all American Association of Universities have a Phi Beta Kappa chapter, and now we do as well. If you had to pick one specific achievement that really was the pinnacle for the work that you did here, what do you think it would be? I truly believe that having the title of preeminence showed that we are among the top three universities in the state, and our student success is superlative. Our research is number two in the state, public or private. Our economic development, we're in a great location. And just be a part of all the good work that has been done, move it forward. What are you going to miss the most about the university? A lot, a lot. I'm passionate about the university, and I will always want to maintain the good relationships and friendships that I've developed. But more than that, I really and truly want to see the University of South Florida become more and more prestigious, more and more open to our community and make a difference. I'll flip the coin. What are you going to miss the least? (laughs) (laughs) There are times when it's extraordinarily stressful, and not having that high of a level of stress will be nice. What's next? We love this area, so we're staying in Tampa Bay. There's no question about it. You have to stay tuned as to what's next. I don't think that I'll just sit at home at all. That's not who I am. But it's a career change, and I'll look and see what kind of opportunities become available. And if not, I'll make some happen. Are there things that you regret or decisions that you wish you would have made differently that now you have the opportunity to just kind of look back at and go, maybe I could have done that differently? Well, you know, the presidency and leadership positions are filled with highs and lows. I often say a presidency is like a roller coaster ride. Tremendous highs. And there there are some pretty definite lows as well. And you just have to ride that through and make sure that you never lose focus on your goals. I've seen you on mainly that first day of of class greeting students at the Marshall Center, uh, greeting students at the other campuses, uh, making them feel welcome at the university. What do you think that first day of school in August of 2019 is going to be like for you? I'll be on a cruise ship. (laughs) I'll be having fun.
good answer. <laughs> <laughs> what advice do you have for your successor, Stephen Carell? Be yourself. Do what you believe to be right. Make sure you keep preeminence and all the metrics in front of you and keep the University of South Florida on the positive trajectory and go forth and be strong. What message would you have for the students, the faculty, the staff, the alumni of the University of South Florida? Continue to show your bull pride and always look at the future. Stay focused on your goals. Last question. When you took this job in 2000, did you envision yourself 18 years later at a preeminent university still leading it and getting ready to step down? If you look at my inaugural speech, I used the word preeminent institution. I'm not sure I envisioned it quite the way it is right now, but I, I had that vision that we could really make a difference here and we could really actualize the potential that I saw at the university. We've come a long way. Do you think it's a coincidence, Mark, that she waited until the university achieved preeminence, a preeminence ranking from the state before she resigned? That was a big deal. I can definitely see why preeminence was something that she had pushed for. And she, when I asked her, it's, it's definitely one of the top three or four uh, things that she checks off her list in terms of greatest accomplishments at USF. I was personally surprised of the timing of her retirement, the announcement in September of last year, only because of the idea that consolidation was still in the works. Consolidation needs to be attained by July of 2020. So... The new president, even during the interview process for a new president, Steve but Corral, now we now know Stephen Corral. Mm-hmm. But at the time, everyone who was interviewed for that job said, my number one priority coming in is making sure that one, consolidation goes well, two, that preeminence is maintained after consolidation. And that was what President Genshaft said as well, should be the number one priority of Corral. So she's leaving a little bit undone. She is a little bit. Um, one thing that she wanted to get done that she never was able to get done, and it's based more along the lines of the, the, the factors of how to become a member of the American Association of Universities. It's a small club. Only 62 universities around the U.S. and Canada are members. And it shows that you are a research university. The goal for a long time is USF joining that. One of the things that she kind of feels that she left on the table that she couldn't get done. So what about Judy Genshaft's role in the greater community? I mean, University of South Florida is a big university. She's had a big impact. Obviously, she's been really busy. But can either of you comment on what her role has been to the greater Tampa Bay community? I think it, it, it talks about the role of how USF grew in the community. The idea now that it has a four, almost a four and a half billion dollar annual economic impact on Tampa Bay and the region. Uh, it's unbelievable. You see the growth um, of all three campuses. Uh, Sarasota Manatee is looking at adding uh, residence halls uh, as well as other buildings. USF St. Petersburg continues to make that transition from being a commuter school to a residence hall school where students live and study. Tampa, probably, and Steve, you can attest to this as someone who went here in the 1980s, that it was a commuter school at the time. 
and now 10,000 students living on campus. Yeah, Steve, talk about talk about the changes that you've seen since you were a, a young boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to give away my age here by going back that far. But when I started in the uh, the early 80s, uh, this was a – I think we had maybe a third of the students that are here now. Uh, it was a rather laconic place where people came to, you know, lounge by the pool. Uh, they called it the University of Sun and Fun or Bottle Cap U because there's a brewery right down the street that was really the only business here at the time. Uh, I mean, you risk getting sand spurs walking across campus because there was nothing there but, you know, dirt and sand and not many palm trees like they have now. Um, and it was really a place where people who weren't so academically inclined came to school here. I'm probably giving myself away here. <laughs> uh, unlike today where you have to have a, you know, four point plus GPA to get in. And when I came back to work here, I uh, came back in 2001, uh, a few years later, and I didn't recognize the place. It, it was like my school had gone on steroids. Uh, amazing growth. And even since then, I mean, I came a few months after President Genshaft uh, assumed the presidency. And since then, you can't even recognize it from, from that period. I mean, we've probably grown by four times. Uh, the number of buildings here is incredibly huge. And that coincides with not only President Genshaft's reign, for lack of a better word, but also the Board of Trustees taking effect. Uh, the Board of Trustees was established just before she came, and they really put a focus, as Mark can tell you, on fundraising and reaching out to the community, as opposed to the old Board of Regents, which was more of an academically inclined board. A and so, you know, we have become so focused on fundraising since the Board of Trustees was established here, and President Genshap really has fit that bill quite well. Yeah, and one of the things that was a goal of hers that was attained probably about, I think, two and a half years ago or so, uh, was the idea of the Unstoppable campaign, which was to raise a billion dollars in fundraising for the university. USF is one of only three schools ever to attain that $1 billion fundraising mark for a university that's under, I believe, 100 years old. And the other two are out in the University of California system. So it's, it's that idea that the growth came with this need for funding, and that funding has come in. Yeah, she brought in some big gifts, the names Muma. Um, Muma, Morsani, mm -hmm. um, Tiedemann, Patel. Patel. And, and this also, one of the things that she has been very good about is giving credit to her staff and the people that surround her and the people that they brought in. One of the people who doesn't get, who doesn't get the credit, at least publicly, that he should is Joel Momberg, who's the head of the USF Foundation, who's in charge of fundraising. And... I will make the argument, because Joel retires later this year as well, is that the loss of Joel Momberg is going to mean as much to the University of South Florida as the loss of Judy Genshaft. That is Mark Schreiner, Assistant News Director at WUSF and longtime producer of University Beat. And Steve Newborn is here also, WUSF Assistant News Director and reporter. Thank you guys very much for being here. Thank you. Thank you, Robin. That's it for today's show. You can tweet us at Florida Matters. Florida Matters is a production of WUSF Public Media. The engineer is George Govan. The show is produced by Stephanie Colombini. I'm Robin Sussingham. Thanks for listening.